1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we look back on a huge weekend on two domestic fronts Celtic get their hands on the season's first piece of silverware Winning the League Cup against Hibs With a game in hand, they're now seven points behind Rangers in the league After the Ibrox side saw off Dundee United And Sean Maloney has been confirmed as the new manager of Hibs I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight We've got Alex Ray from home and Hugh Keevens in the studio First half was turgid Second half was torrid In the end Kyogo meant it was no go for Hibs And for Ange Postacoglu to have won the first major trophy of the season After inheriting a shamble six months ago Is borderline miraculous He must have enjoyed that glass of whiskey he promised himself last night Here's the sobering thought Ange, you have to go again Wednesday night at St Mirren Because of that Rangers seven point lead at the top of the table no time to rest on your laurels in this game Alex Ray from home The first time we've spoken to you How are you holding up? Forget the football, are you managing? Yeah, I'm doing very well Gordon I've managed to get some wood cut in the back garden this afternoon <laughs> Priorities What about the football though? I'm sure you sat back and enjoyed it all uh, Over the weekend, lots to take in yeah, at the halfway stage, uh, Gordon Rangers beat Dundee United to a Tavernier penalty. Motherwell's good form continues with a 2-0 home win over St Johnston. Livingston take a point with Oberlies late. Equaliser and Dundee on the road. Uh, we had Jamie Walker get three points up there. And congratulations to Celtic who won the League Cup. I'm really looking forward to a busy show tonight. Yes, lots to get through, but we need you. We need you on the phones 01419511025. So step up to the plate nice and early. Give us your thoughts Let us know what is on your mind It was a huge weekend So you must You must have something You must have something to say for yourself Celtic fans First piece of silverware of the season It's in the bag First piece of silverware for Ange Postacoglu In the bag What do you make of that? How significant is that for him? What about Kyogo's contribution? Various talking points throughout the game So whatever is on your mind tonight Pick up the phone right now And share it with us 0141 1025 Of course it was a big weekend In the league As Alex says Rangers stretching their advantage Motherwell on a good run We've had a couple of Managerial casualties In Ayrshire Over the last couple of days as well So whatever you want Pick up that phone right now And let us know We can tweet at Clyde SSB as well But before we go any further It's Monday night Which means you two Have to dish out some awards What was your result of the weekend? Hibs 1, Celtic 2, you have to acknowledge the winners of the first major trophy of the season and acknowledge Ange Postacoglu at the same time. They said he wouldn't last beyond December, or some people said that. Instead, the month of December will go down as his launch pad at Celtic. Alex Ray, would you disagree? Got any other suggestions for us? It's very difficult, Gordon, to see past Celtic this weekend to get their hands on the first piece of silverware. As I said earlier on, Big Ange would have been absolutely delighted. He's such a turnaround of players, personnel, uh, and that will settle them down nicely going into this uh, busy period with the window just around the corner. Okay then. Lots to choose from on this front. Your goal of the weekend, Hugh? I've got to go for Kyogo Furuhashi's second goal. Uh, magnificent chip, Larson-esque, uh, over the head of the Hibs goalkeeper, Macy. It was vision, it was precision, it was incision The operation was a success First one wasn't bad either, but Alex, what are you going for? 
Yep, you're absolutely right, Gordon. If, if you hadn't gone for uh, that second one, I would have most certainly gone for that myself. However, I'm going to go for young Cornelius at Motherwell. His first goal in front of his parents, uh, you know, supported the club all his days. A fine strike, pulls it down with his chest, controls it, and then rifles it into the bottom corner against a very good goalkeeper in Xander Clark. So I'm going for young Cornelius. Well done. You won't get any arguments from me on that one. Right then, who's getting it in the neck? Who's the howler of the weekend, Hugh Keevens? Uh, well, it's got to be Scott McMahon at Dundee United. We all do things we regret at this time of year, but that was a belter. What was he thinking about with his hand extended like that? I think he might have cost his side a point because I couldn't see Rangers scoring prior to that penalty and they didn't look like scoring after the penalty either. So, Scott McMahon, what were you thinking about? Mm, Alex Ray, howler of the weekend for you? Yeah, I'm going to go for Willie Collum. Uh, the tackle by Max Anderson on Kingsley Gordon was high. It was excessive and it actually endangered him. The boy got taken off after 24, 25 minutes uh, and he sent for a scan and for no free kick to be even given at that point I think it was a, a, a bad decision by Willie Collum OK what do you make of what you've heard so far if you've got any disagreements feel free to get them over let's get stuck in to the weekend's talking points though 01419511025 it was always going to be a big weekend one way or the other yesterday the first piece of silverware up for grabs Celtic win it Ange Postacoglu says he's extremely proud of his players he says they've had to overcome some big challenges to get to where they are yeah, I'm usually pretty good, but struggling to find the words this time. Um, I'm just really, uh, you know, really proud of this this group of players, uh, you know, as much as players, this group of people, you know, uh, and the staff. Because pretty much from the from the day I walked, you know, I walked in the door, there's we've had some sort of challenge in front of us, um, you know, almost on a daily basis that we had to sort of overcome. And they've always found a way to do that and, and haven't made excuses or allowances and really believed in, in sort of what we we're trying to build here. And, you know, at every time you thought, you know, this is, this is becoming, you know, this is too much, you know, how can we overcome this obstacle? Yeah, you know, even today, you know, we... It's the first time I think they were in our box and they scored and you're thinking, you know, here's another one. And, and their response is what it's been from the moment I arrived and so I'm just really proud of you know that that group of people who um, you know get their rewards tonight and uh, you know really really privileged to be part of it I'm told he was quite tearful uh, after the game at the trackside with his wife uh, he has become a cult figure in the eyes of the Celtic supporters and you can take success to the bank you can't take hope to the bank he began by giving the Celtic fans hope now he's given them success it is a tangible sign. A cup is a tangible sign of the progress that Ange Postacoglu has made in a very short space of time. Uh, come on then, let's get your thoughts. 01419511025 on the phones. Let's dig straight in with Paul, who's in the Merchant City. He's a Celtic fan. Uh, Paul, how happy are you after yesterday? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, I have to uh, take great delight in Mr. Keevans using my Larson-esque phrase about Kyogo after he, he, uh, he, he sort of scoffed at it in, in August. So, I don't know if you remember what called back then about how things can turn around um, very quickly in football. Uh, I think at that stage, there was all sorts of crazy suggestions about what the gap would be at the top at the end of the season. Anyway, so, thanks for using the, the phrase. And uh, he's got a long way to go before he would the Larson-esque. Mine was actually... Uh, tongue in cheek rather than tongue out but um, the boys obviously made the difference yesterday my main point Gordon was uh, 
about the lack of experience on the Celtic side yesterday. It didn't seem to be mentioned by uh, much of the, uh, the pundits, uh, or, or indeed your guys. Uh, I think apart from Joe Hart and Beaton, who came on, uh, Callum McGregor, obviously, and Tom Rogic, there's a lot of debutants in that Celtic side. And I thought that showed at times uh, with the likes of Starfield, uh, Abada, and, and maybe one or two others. Um, uh, so, so that that was my that mm-hmm. was my main point. Yeah, I think we mentioned that at some point yesterday. Here, I remember we commented on how, how quickly things can change where this used to be a Celtic team that was littered with players who had gone to Hamden before and won yeah. and all of a sudden that big overhaul in the summer James Forrest injured and all the rest of it as, as Paul says you, you were left with Rogic Beaton McGregor and of course Hart is experienced albeit new mm-hmm. uh, new to Celtic there, There's no downside uh, to what Celtic did yesterday other than uh, perhaps Starfelt's performance which in isolation he had an awful day uh, in terms of missing chances at one end and failing to defend properly at the other end. So, as I say, for Ange Postacoglu, it's a watershed moment. Uh, you can take success to the bank. A tangible sign of success, a trophy. It's for Celtic to kick on from here. Um, I'd be very interested to see what kind of team he's able to put out on Wednesday at St Mirren, which is a very important game for Celtic. We'll Still await reports on how bad David Turnbull's injury might be uh, But Yes, everything came off for Celtic And I, I drew attention yesterday to Hart When Starfelt let him down with poor defending And Kevin Nisbet was in on goal to make it 2 all, I could not see him failing to score But Joe Hart made a fantastic pivotal save And that swayed it in Celtic's favour What did you make of it as a, a football match, Alex? Yeah, I agree with uh, what Hugh said earlier on about the. It was pretty quiet, Gordon, in the first half. I think Celtic pretty much dominated without too much goal mouth incident. And I really enjoyed the second half. I thought both teams were going to try and win it. Uh, it was end to end stuff, you know, and as, as he said, a few good goalkeeping uh, kind of performances for, for Hart. Uh, and I have to say, you know, Kyogo's movement throughout the course. I mean, we've said this time after time on the show, Gordon, where we felt. Uh, you know, it, normally he's closing down, but on the day he was absolutely prolific, and in, in the end he was actually the difference between the two teams because when it really mattered, the big players step up, and Kyogo's very much done that for for Big Ange. Paul, how important was it for the manager to to win that first trophy at the first time of asking, get that in the cabinet and and give himself something to build on? God, sorry, he's like coming back in there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it was pivotal, but uh, I think uh, I think Chris Sutton made the, the point yesterday in the, the, the comments that uh, well, the pressure had he not won the trophy and then being seven points behind Rangers and all of a sudden it's uh, you know it, it's it's a different story. I thought I thought he conducted himself very very well and the the uh, the, the players are obviously buying in to what he's doing, albeit that there seems to be a, an issue with the with the hamstrings. Um, but can I just ask you if he's learned his lesson now because I think it was the same with Dr Joe I think it was the same with, with Lubo Moravchik the, the scoffing's got to stop you know um, I don't know where the board a wee bit like when, where Rangers plucked Stephen Gerrard out the, 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 you know from I, I don't don't actually know how that came about I don't. I suspect it was with Dave King but where I know 
Um, I know Postacoglu was part of the Man City group. I think Alec Ray made that point, uh, you know, with, with the Sydney connection. But it seems to be that we've dodged a bullet with Eddie Howe. And the guy does seem to be the, the real deal, albeit as a very early stage. And I'm not getting carried away. First of all, you know, in, in the midst of your celebration, the, the, the constant dig at me, I, I find bemusing. Just enjoy your night ball. Enjoy the, the success while it comes. And also, Luba Moravchik. That was something I wrote 23 years ago, Paul. 23 years ago. And I have gone on Celtic TV to say, yeah, in the benefit of hindsight, what a daft thing to say. 23 years ago. And you're back on to have a go about Lubo Moravchik. Paul, enjoy your night. Now let's bring in James and Cambus Lang, see what he made of yesterday's success, James. Yep, delighted. Um... I don't think there's enough. I've got enough praise for Angie at the moment. Um, I was on last week, you know, saying an Angie we trust, and he, he got it right. Uh, it was a big call with Kyogo, um, obviously starting. Um, I think it shocked everyone that he was there because he wasn't in any, you know, training throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I, my main point is it's the, the fact that he's come over here to a new continent. He's come over and. Lifted the first piece of silverware. The guy's on a twelve-month rolling contract and not even brought any of his backroom. I, I think that that just cannot go unnoticed. Um, you know, the board are definitely backed him with players, which is great. I just think we now need to back him with a contract. I mean, to be fair, Hugh, that that sort of one-year rolling contract is a format that Celtic use often uh, w- with managers. But there's no doubt that so far, and you have to stress that because there's a, a long season to go. You know, he signs Kyogo obviously Or he identifies him It's a success you, you, you go into the first trophy that's available And you win it It, it just allows you to build all build up that Feel good factor And as James says Whether it's with a contract or, or not Or whether it's when it comes to identifying players It allows him to turn around to the fan base And the board and say well, Trust me look, you know, look, at, look at what we're doing so far Ange Postacoglu is now bigger than the board Ange Postacoglu is now more popular than the board. The Celtic board is not popular with the Celtic fans. And there have been calls for change, which have been kept at bay because the board always draw on their shareholding power and that puts everything into perspective. However, Ange Postacoglu's bargaining power soared at full time yesterday because he won a trophy. In less than six months, he... Turned the shambles into a success And now He is more popular than the board And he Is putting the board under pressure Because they've got to give Ange Postacoglu what he wants Within reason, of course But he's more popular than the board now James, what about Kyogo then? You've mentioned you, you didn't expect him to play I don't think well, Some people would have But the signs weren't necessarily there um, <laughs> What a contribution Brilliant. Um, it was a vital moment in the first half. I think Alex mentioned it earlier on the show. The first half, there wasn't much for him either side. Um, but in the second half, after Hib scored, they just came to life. You know, it was a great ball for McGregor. Unbelievable touch and finish. The second goal, um, worth it to win any cup final. I, I really hope, and again, I think it was touched on slightly, we don't know what the team's going to be like against Ross County. I mean, we're really down to the bare bones. Uh, sorry, against St Mirren uh, this week. 
we are down to the bare bones now and obviously Tumble it's a worry but I, I think he'll get it right you know no matter who puts on the part they just want to play for him and I think that's a sign of a great leader Here's what the manager had to say about Kyogo's inclusion. I don't think anyone would have said that he was a cast iron guarantee to be a hit, you know, for, for a lot of people. I knew he would be a fantastic player, but he's even better person, you know. From from the moment he, he picked up the injury, there was no way he was not going to play today, irrespective of what I was saying or the medical team was saying. He was, and he wasn't 100%, but I knew he would play today. The move, His movement's incredible, but the quality of his finishing... To have that composure in such a big game, um, it's one thing to get into that position, but I mean, that, they're, they're two world-class finishers in a big game, you know, and when when you, he knows that everyone's watching him, you know, so, but good luck, me, trying try to keep him out today, mate. There was, there was no chance. He would have snuck on the bus and snuck into the field at some point without me seeing, because like I said, he, he, just, he just had it in his head he was going to play today. He wanted, he wanted to help the players and he wanted to help the team and he wanted... You know, he wanted to be part of this Alex, there was obviously going to have to be a bit of risk I think the television cameras showed when he went off He was performing the universal symbol for I've got a wee bit of uh, soreness in the hamstring But, I mean, it obviously paid off and then some, didn't it? Yeah, without doubt, you have to uh, give the manager credit as well, Gordon, for uh, taking that decision because it could easily have backfired. You know, he played uh, in the European game the other, the other week against uh, Real Betis, uh, came off with that hamstring, took a bit of stick because no one thought he could actually make this uh, final yesterday. Uh, and as I totally agree with the manager. I thought the two finishes were sublime and... Uh, it doesn't really surprise me because what we're seeing with this guy is, is a variation and it all, it all stems from his movement. But within that movement, Gordon, you also have to have a recognition from your midfielders to execute a pass. Now, the pass from McGregor and then obviously the, 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 the through ball by Rogic, you can't underestimate that as well because the two passes have totally eliminated two centre-halves, do not know how to play against a guy with that type of movement and he absolutely terrorised them. Uh, thank you James What do you make of the game yesterday? Ange Postacoglu, Kyogo Hibs weren't happy They felt there were some big decisions Went against them 01419511025 We'll take your call next Merry Christmas From Clyde One Super Scoreboard We'd be lucky to get one wise man No wise men in here Hugh Evans in the studio Alex Ray from the comfort of his house and they're both waiting on you uh, to get in touch. 01419511025 on the phones or at Clyde SSB on Twitter. So let's hear from you clearly at the start of the show, the League Cup final yesterday, uh, dominating proceedings. So let's keep going on that for now. Uh, let's hear from Paul McGinn because some very interesting stuff from him. He says John Beaton, the referee, was inept yesterday. Uh, he says the Hibs players were expecting a substitution to be made when Tom Rogic took a quick free kick for Celtic's winner. Yeah, the first one, especially for us, is just a bit, a bit simple. Um, look, he's sharp. He's a killer. He, he's a he's a difference maker today, and it's great movement. But it's not exactly they've had some great moves today, Celtic, where they, they cut you open and we defended really well. But it's just a simple over the top and then scoring at the near post. Um, the second one we're, we're real annoyed about. Um, it's not a foul, and then when it is, the the fourth officials holding the the board. So we just assume. I think Jamie Murphy could stand over the ball like as you do, steps away from it. We just assume sub. 
lets it, no control over the situation, just lets it happen, the goal goes in. I, I don't know if you see me running to him straight away, get myself booked, but um, it's just, uh, it's inept. You? No, no, can't have that. I, I, I would normally not disagree with any member of the McGinn family as a matter of principle. However, I think Paul's got it wrong here. Uh, when Hibbs lost the first goal, they had 14 seconds between scoring and then conceding. 14 seconds. Uh, and they, they simply did not get themselves prepared. Uh, too excited by scoring the first goal and uh, Furuhashi took full advantage. When the foul is committed by Paul Hanlon and the free kick is about to be taken, Scott Allen is still upstairs in the stand. He has still to take off all of his equipment and strip down to his jersey. So he I was think, not yeah, I think ready he, I to think come he's on. still got a jumper on just for, for accuracy. Yeah, but um, he's still to come down the stairs and he has is not in any way ready to come onto the field of play. So Celtic were quite entitled to take the quick free kick and once again Hibbs were not ready and uh, Furuhashi again made them pay. So I, I don't think John Beaton had a good game. I thought he missed a penalty for Celtic in the first half and then a penalty for Hibbs in the second half. He did not have a, a great game. However, he was not inept at the time of either Celtic goal. Paul McGinn doesn't think it was a foul on Abada for that free kick? Well, I, I, again, I think it was a foul, but I think he's gone out of his way to look for excuses here. Uh, you see fouls given for that offence week in, week out, and I, I just do not think that Hebs made themselves ready at the time of either Celtic goal. Alex, a few different talking points. What is your your view on those? Uh, Gordon, if you if you take this uh, second one, the because that was clearly the the line that he threw in about being inept. Now. For me, it was of the soft variety with, with the, the foul. But there was so much time between the foul being given and then, obviously, the ball being chipped over the top. Now, he talks about Jamie Murphy could have stood over the ball. Well, why didn't he stand over the ball? You know, just slow things down. If they think it's going to be a, a, a substitution, that allows them to make that substitution. You get taught this at schoolboy level, uh, Gordon, just stand in front of the ball so that, and then just slowly work your way back as long as you don't uh, uh, get a booking in the meantime. And even when you look at the ball when it's executed by Rogic, Paul Hanlon's actually facing his own goal. You know, it's not, not switched on in the slightest. You then have Portis, has no awareness where Kyogo is, and McGinn's out in the washing. You've got three guys looking after Kyogo, and the only people that was inept in this instance was the Hibs backline, Gordon, because they don't switch on to danger, they don't sniff the danger. And as I said earlier on, when you're playing against a player like him, he punishes you with that because you have guys that are quick thinking on the ball like Rogic and Callum McGregor's of the world. So if you switch off, for me, that's been inept. Okay. Uh, Hugh, just quickly before we go on, Hugh said he felt a penalty missed for each side, one in each half. Is that something you would agree with? Yeah, I think there's a, a claim for the one in the first half as, as well, Gordon. And listen, anybody who says that the, the Portes one is not a penalty, then, you know, I'd be really surprised. You know, he's got caught on the wrong side, uh, 
the defender and he's clearly pushed on with, with both hands and I think because of what happened after their, their initial header then they, 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 they have a glaring miss by Hanlon again who who should score because he was eight yards from goal uh, so I think the fact that he's gone to ground there you have these two instances where they've hit the post and then when they've blazed one over the bar by that time the penalty decision is already missed by the referee and, uh, and the linesman but for me it was a stand uh, cast iron penalty OK let's bring in Frank who's a Celtic fan what do you make of the achievement yesterday Frank? Um, evening gents um, stunning um, comes to, to, to um, the first word on my lips and the reason why I say that is regular on your show back in June when Ange came in um, there was hope um, of what he would do and I think most fans probably 95 if not more would have been in the camp of oh, this is a rebuild this is about giving the guys some time and backing and back then did I think we'd win the first trophy for the season no absolutely not did I think that he would have brought in and, and I say that to producer five absolute standout cast iron brilliant signings Joe Hart Rock at the um, goalkeeper, Carlton Vickers is a phenomenal centre half. Juranovic, no matter where you ask that boy to play, he adds to the team. Jota is a dream, um, and Kyogo is, um, I don't want to tar him with another big superstar name, but you know it's the obvious one. But I have yet to see a player make an impact like that in a long, long time. And I think when you, you bring in five outstanding players like that and I do use the word outstanding who have contributed massively to this success along with others and I think that's the other thing about Ange you look at McGregor outstanding captain well done big shoes to fill in, in Bruni and I think he's done a brilliant start beat on he is the unsung horror, uh, hero of that, that squad I think whenever he comes in he plays brilliantly I thought he'd done a great job making in yesterday for Tumble talking about Tumble brilliant player um, I, I could go on and on and on. Rogic is back to the Wizard of Oz again. Um, and I just look to the future. This is somebody in January, three weeks away, that's going to bring in more players. He's got an eye for player. He's proven it. And he is miles ahead of schedule as far as I'm concerned. Well done to Ange. Well done to that team. You put a smile back in the Celtic um, fans' faces yesterday. And we'll make continue. So fair. Point. I like the way Frank describes that, Alex, because recruitment's tough. You're never going to get every single one right, but but it's been a fairly decent success rate from the the guys brought in. And then you could look at Rogic and and McGregor, and certainly Ralston, and say that he's also managed to make the existing players better as well, which is a part that sometimes gets overlooked. Yeah, I think Frank makes some very good points there, Gordon, because uh, I think if you go back to last season, you know, the recruitment was nowhere near good enough and uh, that was that ultimately cost Celtic over over the course of the season. Uh, I, I agree, the the five guys that they've brought in have been really immense. Kyogo's obviously the standout. Joe Hart just brings a solidity to the back line with Carter Vickers, Uranovic's versatility and young Jota. Now, I think that, that deal will... If you, Celtic are on a really good uh, crest of wave at the moment, Gordon, on the back of that. Um, can you imagine in the next couple of weeks if you just uh, announced that Jota was also going to mm. be signed for the next three or four years? It would really kind of galvanise, uh, you know, and, and it's important for the board to kind of continue to backhand throughout the course of this. He will probably get three or four players coming in in January and then you also touched on some of the players that 
well, Beaton for me was almost out the door when you look at his contribution last year. Tom Rogic is a couple of times now that he's been mentioned. For me, this guy's pivotal as well because he brings a middle to front, the class, the the guile, uh, and his performance levels looking through the roof. And then you look at young Tony Ralston. You know, he was in Siberia and then all of a sudden he's got a new contract. He's pitching up with winning goals in the 97th minute. Uh, I've always said that Callum McGregor was always a standout. You know, I know, I know Frank highlighted... Uh, uh, Scott Brown just then however this guy's been playing at a very good level for a very long time uh, hence the reason why Brendan Rodgers wanted to take him to Leicester because I think it, there's a recognition of what he brings and he's now taken on a leadership role within the, within the club as well Celtic in a very good place at the moment Gordon and then obviously trying to get over the next couple of games uh, it's one of the callers I think earlier on says that they were um you know, down to the bare bones. I don't quite see that when you look at everybody else uh, in the country. With all these players that we've just mentioned, are more or less available to um, to to Big Ange. So I think they're actually in a very good place at the moment. And and, and I agree with what Frank says. Recruitment's crucial, and they'll be looking for something similar again in January. Yeah, the truth with that one will always be in the middle. Hugh Celtic and Rangers, for that matter, but they'll never be to the ba- down to the bare bones compared to everyone else because the budget is. So incredibly large However um, When Frank mentions Juranovic I think in the space of one cup Finally played right back Left back And right wing So uh, That kind of shows you a little bit About what what's having to get into this At the moment Not to labour the point About Eddie Howe But to make a point About Ange Postacoglu Coincidentally yesterday While Ange was winning at Hamden Eddie Howe was getting taken apart By Man City uh, A 4-0 defeat for Newcastle Now Man City are probably the best team in Britain And Hibs aren't even the best team in Edinburgh But Ange Postacoglu's strength of character To come in To be Made aware of Just how bad the previous season was Just how devastating it was And just how much Work was needed to be done To to rebuild the team To rebuild the fans' confidence For him to have held his nerve in the way that he has done While signing these great players But to have held his nerve And to have withstood All of the problems that came his way And to win the first trophy of the season Then I don't think Eddie Howe Could have done that job We will never know But it's an interesting theory Frank you made some good points Thank you very much for taking the time That was Frank and Kilmarnock What about Kevin In Bishop Briggs How are you feeling about yesterday Kevin? Hi guys, how you doing? Good, thank you, good uh, Firstly, I'd like to go on record as saying I can't believe that I'm agreeing with you here Oh, that's <laughs> never good That is never but, good, Kevin uh, But to, to go back to Hugh's point there the, On Ange Postacoglu I think what has been incredible about the guy Is his strength of character And his own self-belief I think when you when you look at the situation When Celtic were in with, Ed, with Eddie Howe Is he taking it? Is he not taking it? Is he taking it? Is he not taking it? No, he needs this guy and that guy I think the fact of the matter is this guy's got so much self-belief he's thought to himself, I'm good enough for this. And I believe at the club, believe in me. And I think that's a fundamental part of it. You know, and the fans have really bought, bought into that. But to go with his success, the fact that he's brought six, five, let's call it five to six young players, academy players, however you want to bracket them, into a squad at, at the top level of the game has been incredible. You know, I think a lot of fans are saying he has to strengthen. I, I firmly believe that. 
But he clearly has so much belief in that squad, and I think that's what—that's when you get the best out of players. When you show that you believe in them, they give everything on the pitch for you, and you can see that in every single uh, player on the pitch yesterday. You know, the smiles and the jubilation at the end all became through the hard work that he started the pre-season when he came in and said, you know, we'll, we'll never give up. We'll, we'll go to the end. And when teams when teams fall, we'll take advantage of that. And it's, that's exactly what Celtic done yesterday. So he's clearly a man of his word as well. And I think it's just incredible how how well he's been able to do that in such a short period of time. I mean, I think Celtic fans won't have seen the style of football that he's playing for such a long, long time or have been excited about the football that he's playing um, in such a long, long time. Yeah, I understand Brendan Rodgers. Um, played a nice style of football but fans get bored there the fact we Ange is you're always on the edge of your seat regardless whether it's in the opposition's box or whether it's in your box he's always got the fans on his edge of his seat and I think it's incredible and it's an incredible job he's done I don't think you, you talk up Ange Postacoglu by running down Brendan Rodgers you know the, the fans Brendan Rodgers started a quadruple treble so you can talk up Ange Postacoglu for being Ange Postacoglu you know, many a man coming to another continent uh, would have crumbled under the weight of expectation, crumbled because he'd been handed a mess, but he's held his nerve. He's made mistakes. He's owned up to them himself. You know, the the the, uh, the loss to Rangers where he played Kyogo out of uh, position, owned up to it. Um, Giacomakis when he let him take a penalty when he should have left it to Juranovic cost Celtic two points so you know and then of course when he played Kyogo against the Real Betis and, and people said why did you do that um, Kyogo got him out of that by coming back at Hamden scoring the goals that won the cup and the fact that Kyogo was willing to go through the pain barrier for Ange Postacoglu speaks volumes about the relationship between them. I just think that he has made mistakes, but yesterday, the act of winning a trophy means all the difference in the world because had he not won the trophy yesterday, we wouldn't be having this conversation about Ange Postacoglu and his great signings. The conversation would have taken a different tack. Thank you very much Kevin in Bishop Briggs. Lots to get through with regards to the cup final and the rest of the football, but something... Away from the beautiful game I want to discuss with you first Cash for Kids Mission Christmas Now if you've already donated to Clyde One Cash for Kids Mission Christmas appeal this year A massive thank you from all of us Unfortunately though For thousands of children across Glasgow and the West Christmas is just another day And your donations will make a huge difference to them Uh, We are now in the process of getting the much needed donations out to the most vulnerable families But there is still time to donate So go to Clyde1.com forward slash mission Give what you can We can't always make it a magical day But with your help we can just make it a bit different For thousands of children on our doorstep That's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas With J&D Pierce. Oh come all ye faithful And hope your team is joyful and triumphant Merry Christmas from Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here at 01419511025 to get involved on the phones. We'd love to hear from as many of you as possible. So pick up that phone and let us know what is on your mind. Let's hear a bit more from Ange Postacoglu. He says he knew he would need to bring instant success to Celtic. And he says it was a challenge he relished when he first accepted the job. Whilst 
no one knew of me. I certainly knew what I was undertaking, and particularly after last year, that this football club cannot go two or three years without success. And, and I knew that me accepting this position, that was the expectation. Um, and I, I wanted that. You know, I wouldn't have accepted the role um, if I didn't want that um, responsibility. And, you know, you, you can't guarantee success, but I, I, I was determined that that, that was the goal. And, and I wasn't going to, it wasn't going to take me, you know, any length of time to get there. I wanted to get there as soon as possible because that's what the expectations of any Celtic manager is. Um, and just like every other Celtic manager, you don't rest on your laurels. You know, The expectations are you get up tomorrow morning and you work towards the next one. Yeah, as I said at the start of the programme, you, know, you have your success and it just about lasts the day of the game uh, because... Ange had to go up this morning and think, St Mirren, will I have Furuhashi? I think probably not. Will I have David Turnbull? Almost certainly not. Uh, and he'll have to go back to the drawing board and think about a team um, to get three points against uh, Jim Goodwin's side in Paisley. Uh, he seems to have immersed himself in Celtic. He is clearly very fond of the fans. He has uh, assimilated the history or assimilated himself into the history. Uh, and he said that Kyogo and Celtic was a marriage made in heaven. Well, at the moment, as things stand, Celtic and Postacoglu are a marriage made in heaven. So far, so far, so good. Let's bring in Stephen, who's a Celtic fan, and see what he made of it yesterday. Stephen? Hi, Gordon. Hello. All right, boys. How are you? Very best, Gordon, very best. Ah, I thought it was fabulous. I travelled over from Donegal with my three kids. We left at 3am on Sunday morning and um, with the Balamina Shamrock boys. Big Martin, the lads looked after us really well. Child friendly. It was a fabulous day out now. Brilliant. We got home 4.25 in the morning last night. So a couple of hours sleep back to work today. Didn't get a chance to celebrate, but I've just finished up. I'm going for a pint now just to reminisce over yesterday's memories, you know. A Monday night pint, Alex Ray. But, but it's been a long time since you went for went for that that routine. Yes, well, I have to say, listen, it's it's actually a nice story. You know, you you, you just uh, put in context there the amount of travelling, the amount of preparation, and the amount of things that go into to getting to these games. And the, the guys are settling down and out to have a pint, which is just tells you everything you need to know. And, and I think it gives you time to reflect over the course of the weekend. Uh, and his kids will remember that for a long time. God, I think it would be encouraged as well. Uh, you know, there's so much. Uh, happening at Celtic at the moment they've obviously got these injuries uh, potentially for Wednesday night but it gives them a time to kind of dust things down see how these players are assess them and then he'll be looking to try and get three points because the last thing you want on the back of this because as I said earlier on they've got real momentum at the moment and you don't want to go on to St Mirren and dropping any points I mean, Stephen, winning trophies at, at clubs like Celtic and Rangers is always vital we always hear it that the, the club's built on success and, and they must win trophies as often as possible, but particularly for this manager, how important was it? Because you and every other Celtic fan, pretty much, who calls this show clearly loves Ange Postacoglu. You like the way he's playing, you're buying into what he's building. But if he then goes and loses that cup final yesterday, a lot of that erodes, doesn't it? That's just the fickle nature of of what we do. So, how important was it that he managed to get that trophy? God, that's very, very important. It really was. Big Ange has been, been a breath of fresh air. I mean, a lot of us. 
we've got to be honest, we didn't know the big guy when he came in. I certainly was Googling, but after I did Google, and I was probably looking at him and Eddie Howe, thinking, I think I'd be looking at Eddie Howe, but after I'd done a bit of homework on it, this guy's won everywhere he went, and everybody great praise for him, even Hicks Rangers players listen to their experience with him in, over in Australia and talking about how this guy, you know, so good at the game and his background. So, no, I, I really wanted to see him. I said, right, let's give this guy a go. And it was just, listen, special, special moment for him, for the Celtic fans as I connect with him, for the wee guy he bought, who's, I said before, the last time he was on your show, he's a superstar. He's the best in Scotland. He's, he's a superstar. And I think he wants to stay, stay with us. I think we've got a couple of his colleagues. Well, it's kind of mm-hmm. national teammates coming. And I think I think Andrew's going to build something very special. The last time I was on, I kind of had a wee dig at you, Hugh, just saying about you tell him we're going to finish third, fourth, fifth, whatever he said. I said, listen, this guy, Ange, I sell it her back. We're back, boys. And I think it's, uh, listen, I told my mate last week, I said, I'm going to throw one at you. Because of what other players we've lost, I said, if we can go over Ross County, it was a tough game. We're, you know, missing our six forward men. And we win this cup Sunday. I think we won the treble. I really wow. do. I really do. I, I just know what you're going to buy. And I think we won I think we won the lot. Is that, I mean, look, it was great yesterday, Stephen. It was a, a good achievement. And Dunge Postacoglu is, you know, to the delight of all the Celtic fans, to, to go from, from last season to a treble... Is that perhaps in danger of getting carried away? And by the way, it might happen, and, and you can come on and, of course, r- remind us all of it. But that, that, is that is that genuinely your your expectation? I said it to a friend of mine. I wouldn't be my expectation, but I said to a friend of mine. I said, "You need a bit of luck. Every team needs a wee bit of luck, and I think we need a bit of luck, especially all these injuries. But you've got to be positive when you've got injuries, and that's the wee thing I was going to say to you, Hugh. I know you've always, you know, felt it." Without Kyogo, going to be missing him, and they might get beat up. Ross might be tough. I'm always positive, thinking this guy's always got a different plan. He always plays a different system. He's really, really, really bare bones at the minute. If he gets everyone back, we add three or four, which I think we will. I said the last time I spoke, Rangers will sell one or two, maybe, maybe three or four, maybe a couple of fence players, just to take away that budget, the wage budget. I think I'm telling you, I think hopefully all the fans will be there. Hopefully, you know, we'll get right up to the winter break with normality. And I think if we're full packed Celtic Park, we're going to win that one with big hands. And I think it's game on, you know. Well, hold on a second, Stephen. Will I take this target off my back and then answer your question? Uh, another one who's more inclined to have a go than celebrate his team's win. What I will say is that it's what happens to Ange Postacoglu and the team between now and January 2. Uh, because they are away to St Mirren. Uh, Wednesday night Then they're away to St Johnson And I know that St Johnson Are bottom of the table But uh, Ross County were down at the bottom And Celtic had a, an almighty struggle there To get a 2-1 win So it's what happens between now And January 2nd uh, Celtic May go on They've played I think 17 games now one fifteen Drawn one And lost one That's a heck of a record Over the last 17 games But they need to be careful between now and January 2nd, that will determine to a large extent how well they can go for the remainder of the title race. And Ange knows he needs a, a good January to bring players in. But uh, Stephen is doing what I have to do here. He's offering an opinion, and he's offering that opinion in December. And come May, he may be right, he may be wrong. That's the nature of the business, Stephen. Yeah, I mean, Alex Stephen mentions the trio of 
Japanese players linked with Celtic I think we would fully expect all three of them to join in January And that is going to be the next step isn't it Because yes, last couple of weeks they've they've done the business They've got through with this mounting injury list But you had David Turnbull to that yesterday as well And it doesn't seem to be improving any time soon Albeit Kyogo was back Yeah, I think that's a little bit of a blow Turnbull um you know, I think he, we're already doing record, Gordon. I think he was one of the guys that had actually played more minutes than anyone else. Just a young guy, very fit. It seems, listen, whatever way you look at it, there's clearly an issue that the players are uh, get muscle fatigue due to the, the amount of games that are coming and they tend to play the same team more or less every week. You know, the nucleus is there. Uh, Turnbull's very much one of them. That'll be a big blow for them. Uh, you can see the disappointment I felt for him yesterday as well, Gordon, because, you know, he's put so much in. He's made such a big contribution to this season. Uh, and, you know, uh, Mikey Johnson starting to get more minutes as well under his belt, which is, I actually think I quite enjoy. Mikey Johnson coming off that left-hand side, a young, exciting player as well. So, you know, they've got them, James Forrest, who potentially coming back into the reckon as well in the next week or so. So, you know, there's still uh, players there. The big one will be on Wednesday night whether Kyogo will play through the middle, Gordon, uh, or whether they'll run the risk with uh, the upcoming Old Firm game. Uh, but I'm just looking at some of St Mirren's uh, results of late as well. You know, it's no wins in nine, which is almost a quarter of the season. Uh, so, you know, it's it's really difficult times in Paisley for Jim Goodwin and his men. But the one thing I do know, having uh, experienced it myself, is, you know, Teams do get up, particularly in midweek games, under the lights, in front of their own fans. Uh, Celtic will very much be looking to try and get all, po- all three points mm. and, uh, and continue in this brilliant form. Good man, Stephen. Nice to hear from you. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Come on then, beat the pundit time. It's a nice way to start a week that you come on here, you answer as many questions right as you can. And hopefully you embarrass Hugh Kevins Or you embarrass Alex Ray And you win yourself a signed ball If you fancy it You do need to call before 7 o'clock So be quick 0141 951 1025 Hugh Kevins' first Christmas Was the first Christmas Season's greetings From Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Kevens and Alex Ray are here It's 0141 951 To join in the discussion As you would expect on any show The day after Cup Final Day Well the Cup Final has been dominating the discussion You're more than welcome to keep those thoughts coming It might be a nice chance To turn our attentions to the league though Rangers fans you went 7 points clear It might not have been the performance of the season But it was 3 points 3 points that does move you 7 points clear Keeps the new manager's unbeaten run going So what did you make of it at Ibrooks at the weekend? Sean Maloney's officially the Hibs manager as well by the way So pick up the phone right now And we could be speaking to you next Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Beat the Pundit time, no pressure Hugh or Alex, I've had a tweet from Rio Vanny uh, who says this week in the run up to Christmas I'll donate £10 per beat the pundit win For the pundits to cash for kids The pressure is on Well I, I think I've won my last two Have you? Yeah It's not all, well, certainly not often you go three in a row Alex Ray you are going to be working from home But you've not got great eyesight either So like some of your other colleagues You can't. You wouldn't be able to Google quick enough Even if we gave you the chance would you? Not, not a no, chance No chance I didn't not think so uh, Let's bring in tonight's contestant Who is Willie in Cumbernauld How's it going Willie? I'm okay here yeah. Feeling confident? 
through. Everybody says that, Willie. See, there's something about that pressure of of being on the light. Well, I'll tell you what, Willie, the one thing that I would always say that makes the difference when you're on air, if you don't know it, just pass quickly and you can move on, right? That that I think that helps, okay? Ah, no, no. Good, good, good. Right, okay. Heads, it will be Hugh Keevans. Tails, it will be Alex Ray. Let's see how we go. And it is heads. Hugh Keevans up against Willie from Cumbernauld. So we'll give Hugh Keevans something else to listen to. Maybe get him some Christmas music on so that he can't hear your answers. Willie, 30 seconds. As I said before, if you don't know it, pass quickly and we'll move on, okay? Right. Let's go. 30 seconds. Your time starts now. Who scored for Hibs yesterday? How many league goals has James Tavernier scored this season? Seven Who was sent off for Celtic in the 2019 League Cup final against Rangers? Pass Which Scottish Championship team are nicknamed the Honest Men? Yeah Majid Bouguera played for which international team? Algeria Which Scottish player was sent off in the English Premier League this weekend? Okay, let's bring back Hugh Keevans Hugh, can you hear us? I can Great, 30 seconds on the clock Same set of questions to you And your time starts now Who scored for Hibs yesterday? Oh, for heaven's sake It was Paul Hammond How many league goals has James Tavernier scored this season? Uh, seven Who was sent off for Celtic in the 2019 League Cup final against Rangers? Frimpong Which Scottish Championship team are nicknamed the Honest Men? Air United Majid Bouguera played for which international team? Uh, pass Which Scottish player was sent off in the English Premier League this weekend? Andy Robertson And Gerd Muller's Bundesliga scoring record was broken by who on Friday? Uh, Haaland Okay Willie, what's the verdict? I think he's been as well one I think so, I thought you did quite well though Let's find out Hibbs goal scorer yesterday I thought he wasn't going to get it oh. He got there in the end, Paul Hanlon Interestingly, or Maybe not You both went for Seven league goals For James Tavernier Alex uh, Three It's four uh, mm. Good memory this uh, I, I thought you would Maybe slip up It was Jeremy Frimpong Yeah uh, Sent off against Rangers League Cup final 2019 So Hugo's 2-1 in front uh, The honest men You both knew that one Majid Bouguera Played for Algeria ah. So Willie equalises oh. It's a good game this Like the second half yesterday End to end stuff Yeah which Scottish player was sent off in the English Premier League this weekend? It was Andy Robertson, Willie. He was back in front, and I think you know that's your run over. For the record, it was Lewandowski. Oh. Uh, not Haaland, but a 4 3 victory for Hugh Keevans. Willie, I thought that was not bad at all. You just met a man in form. Hard lines. <laughs> well done, Sean. All the best, Willie. Good man. That was Willie and Cumbernauld, and another three in a row. Yeah. Unheard of, I would reckon. Well, I think so too, yeah. We'll need to get our statistician, Black Arthur, on here. Come on, yeah. I can't imagine you've won three in a row too often. <laughs> no offence, obviously. No, 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 none taken. None taken. <laughs> um, and there we are, Riovani. He's £10 down already to cash for kids, so that's, that's, that's what matters. That's a nice gesture, Alex. Yeah, I think it's brilliant And uh, I think he's going to lose a few quid Because at uh, this time of the year The pundits come into their own Do they? Is that right? Is that when they step up to the plate? Funny enough, on the subject of Cash for Kids Just quickly, I'd like to give a shout out To Raymond Caldwell From MC Contract Services in Airdrie um, Raymond was the winning bidder For the Motherwell and the Rangers prizes On the Super Scoreboard auction A couple of weeks ago He paid a total of £2,000 But when we spoke to him to sort the details Raymond chucked in another £315 
on the auction total So that we could round it up to a nice full number of £60,000 Overall So there we go Thanks again to Raymond That officially makes it our most successful sports auction ever Thank you Raymond Good man Raymond Happy with that Alex 60000 that rolls off the tongue a bit nicer Gordon, do you know, it's brilliant. I, I said to someone the other day, it's one of the best days of the year. You know, everyone comes together. You know, you show the generosity to people in, in need in and around Glasgow, which is brilliant. Absolutely. Right, let's get back to the phones. A lot of talk, obviously, it's the day after a National Cup final. That's the way it tends to be. What yesterday did do, Alex, as much as it's clearly a brilliant day for the, the Celtic fans, the weekend allowed Rangers to go seven points clear and it might not have been... Vintage But it, that's a That's What Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Was looking for Keep that winning Or unbeaten run Going for him And like I say Stretch that advantage To seven Gordon It was really important That they managed to do that To, to drop any points Particularly at home I think you have to go back A long long time Since Rangers actually lost uh, Domestically at home as well So uh, It was important It wasn't a vintage display uh, By any stretch of the imagination I think they actually Get bogged down uh, you know, there was not a great deal of rhythm to it in the first half in particular. And I just thought in the second half there was a bit more impetus. I thought the introduction of Scott Wright off the right-hand side. Uh, and then obviously they had to call. They had, You know, we often say this. We want to, They want to try and save their big players for, for you know, they didn't want to lose a rebo to suspension. Uh, but they had to call upon him and you just get a feeling. And it shows the importance because we talk about key players. It shows the emergence of Joe Rebo this season because there seemed to be a, a really uh, big uplift. And they get a really bit of... Uh, fortune because you know if McMahon doesn't hold uh, put his arm out there you know you're not quite sure how the remaining minutes are going to go they would obviously throw in more caution to the wind as the game get stretched but you know it was a really big three points and when you look at the actual form since Giovanni came in I think it was at seven wins uh, and a draw away to Leon. so it's been really uh, impressive stuff because you're never quite sure how he's going to get his ideas across how he's going to implement his, uh, his uh, ethos and for him to go on that kind of run he'll be delighted with with that because you know they get an opportunity now to get a couple of days rest and then they obviously go into the the weekend's game against uh, St Mirren uh, uh, and Sunday so that gives them time to prepare and also more importantly to get some uh, downtime on the players legs Uh, Greg is a Rangers fan from Renfrew what's on your mind after the weekend Greg? (coughs) Seven points for you still top of the league Mm -hmm. Uh, a whole panel anyway but See the thing is, <clears throat> if Stephen Gerrard was still in that team for the final, uh, for, again the semi-final against Hibs, they would have they would have won that game, and then they would have got Celtic yesterday and they would have destroyed them because Aribo is the best player in the league, and we're top of the league, and. We will play them And we'll beat them Very possibly Hugh um, I, I don't know what... Can I just uh, point out That uh, Stephen Gerrard Had three seasons Of trying to win cups And didn't win any And Only got to one final In the three seasons And Lost it to Celtic Albeit that Rangers were Arguably the better team On the day So That's just one guess after another that had Stephen Gerrard been manager, Rangers would have beaten Hibs, and had Rangers beaten Hibs, they would have beaten Celtic. So I'm afraid that evidence doesn't stack up to support Greg's claim. Uh, Greg is obviously happy with the form, the contribution of Joe Rebo this season, Alex. And again, I'm sure that's something you would echo. 
Uh, Godney's really just taking these games to another level. You know, there comes a point where, you know, because for me, I think there's always so much more to Joe Aribo. You look at his stats over uh, recent years as well, Gordon. For me, he can always improve on him. I would love him to be more selfish. I'd love him to pull the trigger uh, more uh, because because of the way he plays. He's, he's so pleasing in the eye. He opens up defences. Uh, and as I said, I just feel as if he seems to be the go-to guy. I feel as if Kamara's really uh, risen to the challenge as well this year because Stephen Davis seems to have just taken a little backward step. And I thought the one of the key things for the game on Saturday as well, when Kamara went back almost as a number six Gordon and he started to pull the strings, he can play through the lines a lot more quicker uh, than Lundstrom can. And uh, these two guys are really kind of complementing each other at the moment. Uh, and listen, I think Joe Rebo's in, in good form and there'll be obviously... Uh, a lot of uh, Rangers fans want him tied up. I think he's got 18 months left of his contract. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where Kamara is. I think he's the same as well. So these are guys that Rangers would really like to get tied down because of uh, the uh, the impact they're having uh, in this team. Could be a big penalty, Hugh, when all said and done at the end of the season for, for James Tavernier. I think everyone who watches any level of football acknowledges you're never going to blow teams away every single week you'll, you'll have days where you need to find a, a manner of, of getting the victory and, and that would definitely be one of them on, the week, on Saturday wouldn't it? Yeah of course but it was a very strange day Saturday everything pointed towards a, a comfortable Rangers win Dundee United brought in several teenagers and you feared for them I mean David Friel who was at the game for us was googling the names of the teenagers because he'd never heard of them they all performed exceptionally well. Dundee United, as a team, performed exceptionally well. Rangers, as a team, were uncharacteristically poor. Uh, under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, they've gone from strength to strength. But on Saturday, for whatever reason, a very poor performance. And I don't think Rangers would have got a win had it not been for Scott McMahon's moment of madness. Well, let's bring in Craig, who's a Rangers fan, and, and see what he made of it at the weekend. Craig? Hi guys, how you doing? Um, listen, I uh, frighteningly enough agree with you on that one. I think, uh, you know, I was frustrated by the performance. Look, we got the three points. Of course, that's the most important thing. You know, we managed to move seven clear because we couldn't obviously impact on whether Celtic were going to win a cup this weekend or not. What we could do is still keep the pressure on them and we just about done it. But when you're playing a team and you can't play your best all the time, when you're playing a team no, that have got as many players as Dundee United that had out and that's and you're at home. That's the performance level you put in. It's nowhere near good enough. I'm sure that it was nothing more than a, a small bit that we've got away with, and we'll move on for it. But those players need to start getting, in my opinion, a bit more hungry for it and a bit more angry and frustrated. Because you know every Rangers fan yesterday would have been frustrated and angry that yet again another cup final has come and gone, and we weren't at the party. Um, the players need to start. Feeling some of that because I, I do think as good as we've been under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, I think yesterday showed there's still uh, you know bits of improvement needed, and there's still some players there that I don't think even after being at the club as long as they've been there and winning the league, I still don't think there's some players there that understand fully um, the, the actual pressures they've been at Rangers. You need to win more than one trophy. Um, you know, Celtic have done it in a matter of months under Postecoglou, so we're going to have to. Step up because at the end of the season, if we win the league title in May and we're able to get the Scottish Cup, nobody's going to care that Celtic won the league cup in December. So that that's what we have to now do, and performances like that won't get us there. What what was missing from the performance on Saturday, Alex? 
Uh, I just thought intensity, Gordon. They they didn't play. And, and uh, listen, I'm not trying to pick on Lundstrom, but when when uh, Davis or Kamara goes back into that deeper role, the ball gets uh, kind of rotates round about the pitch, Gordon. You know, it gets kind of recycled round about the pitch. Uh, you know, there's little giving goes. I think they're a lot more cuter on the ball. Uh, and I just felt as if it gets bogged down a little bit. Now, that clearly is not just one man in Lundstrom, but I just felt as if they get bogged down. I thought the way that the organisation that Dundee United did, they were very comfortable. Uh, you know, they were trying to show players back in the way into traffic. And I thought Dundee United, you have to give them a little bit of credit, Gordon. But for me, there was just not enough intensity. There was not enough pace on the right-hand side, actually, uh, in the first half either, Gordon. Hence the reason why bring bring on uh, right because what you have there is you have two guys that are now searching the outside it gets Dundee United stretched and I just thought in the second half it looked a lot a lot better than what it was now uh, Craig's come on there and and I think there's two different things there I agree with him in, in the sense that you know in cup football there has to be an acknowledgement that it comes with the DNA of representing Rangers that you have to be competing in cup finals you have to win silver well uh, and as much because if you're talking about a, a group of players purely on league form, Gordon, what is it, 1-57, and 57, one defeat in 57, so there's clearly a hunger and a kind of, um, you know, a, 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 a kind of level of consistency within that, Gordon, where you're going back, I think, is it one defeat in 22 months in the league, so there's clearly there, but they also, they have to transfer that into cup football, which is totally different, and they have to acknowledge that there is a hunger amongst the fans to get that silverware. And, and listen, I'm sure there's a hunger within the, the players, but when you see some of the performances over over the the piece, even going back to Stephen Gerrard, losing to the the manner which they did to Hibs, that becomes a source of frustration for guys like Craig uh, because it's understandable because they want to be competing in days like yesterday. Let's hear a bit from Tam Courts. He says losing to a penalty at Ibrox is a bitter pill to swallow. However, the Dundee United boss accepts it probably was the right decision. Game that probably unfolded the way that we wanted to and our, and our mind. We've had a massively disrupted week. Thankfully, we've still been able to do a lot of work on the training pitch, which you've seen with, with the game plan there. But I thought I thought the young lads in particular were, were excellent today. I thought they were really brave. And I thought they really stood up to the task of Rangers very, very well. But probably the special mention has to go to the senior players who I think led for the front, who gave the boys all the confidence to actually go and, and, and play on the, this type of platform. And I think we probably kind of came out today with a, a bit of credibility in terms of the performance and giving a bit of an insight into the, to the youth that hopefully we're going to see in the future. We actually got a bit of live feedback during the game that it was a flailing arm, so on, on the basis of probability, it, it looked like it probably was a penalty at, at that stage is the feedback that I got, so I think that's just something that you've got to accept. It's frustrating that that's been what separates the two teams today because other than the bulky possession, I thought the organisation was excellent, I thought the bravery on the ball was excellent, and we actually had a couple of half-decent chances, so... It's just a bit of pill to swallow that it's been a penalty that's actually been, you know, the defining situation between the two teams today. Even in our fairly wacky, unpredictable footballing environment, Hugh, you'd be hard pushed to find someone who doesn't think that was a penalty. Yeah, I, I don't understand the, the basis of probability argument. Uh, man puts hand way out as if he's asking for a bus to stop at a bus stop and catches the ball. So you know, the strange thing about it as well, we're used to seeing ones you know where the ball's fired in from from quite close, and he, so even if the hands out, there's a degree of sympathy. But, but you know the cross comes from quite a distance away. Just it's just yeah. misjudges it altogether, uh, doesn't he? You know whatever came into his mind, I don't know. You know all of the Dundee United players, goalkeeper and outfield, were terrific at Ibrox. For that split second, though, Scott McMahon 
his mind went elsewhere and the penalty was very very costly because I, I do think that Rangers could have dropped two points but for that penalty kick to go back to uh, Craig's point about Rangers uh, you know I also think that there are times whether it's Rangers Celtic Dundee United or Annan Athletic there are days when you just don't play well and uh, you know you have to factor in the normal everyday human condition they, 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 as a team they just did not play well individually or collectively. And when you've got Haji coming out and issuing a public apology after the game for trying a Rabona, uh, it was an odd day altogether. Yeah, Alex, it's on social media. Obviously, we can't hear um, necessarily what goes on at the grounds at the weekend. Um, but Ibrooks, um, there was laughter when Yanis Haji was named man of the match inside the stadium. He Again, you know, he just had an off day. Rangers had a bit of an off day performance wise, but the three points are in the bag. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I was a wee bit surprised at that one myself, Gordon. I, I think one of the, the 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 people who were doing the commentary actually said that they felt as if someone must have wanted to meet him. It wasn't one of his best games, but the one thing about this boy is he uh, he always wants to um, you know get on the ball. He doesn't shy away from it, Gordon. Uh, so you know when I look at all that, Gordon, I'm mm. actually quite encouraged that he's he's willing to do it. But can I just uh, just put a, a note? Uh, see see the interesting thing about the Dundee United stuff, Gordon. I was really really encouraged. Uh, about some of the young players that was actually playing for them on the day when you look at some of the ages and things. I thought young Mockery, Mikkelsen, young boy at 16, gone to Ibrox and, and showcase what they did. So that's encouraging from a Dundee United perspective and they'll learn a lot from going and playing against the champions. Absolutely. Craig Moore was the one that, that jumped out. Date of birth, September 21st, 2005, Hugh Keevans. Honestly. Well... If that makes me feel old, need yeah. I ask... Well, exactly. I'm fed up saying that they're older than my grandchildren, or younger than my grandchildren. But he, he is—he's—he's he's younger than three of my grandchildren. Uh, yeah, the future does look decent. It was a good performance. Rangers getting the win. They'll keep your thoughts coming in. We'll take your call and a full-time teaser next. Talking baubles all year long. Merry Christmas from Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here and there is still plenty of time for you to get your calls in. Whether it's the League Cup final yesterday, the league action from Saturday, Sean Maloney's appointment as Hibs manager or something else entirely, now would be a good time to share your thoughts. Before we hear from you, uh, I've got a full-time teaser for you now. It comes with a health warning, I'm afraid. Uh... This is really tough. So tough that we're only looking for four names and... It's going to take a while I think you might need to dig deep Into the memory bank I think I might need to dish out some clues But anyway, enough from me Let's read the question Kyogo became only the fifth non-European To score in a League Cup final this century Can you name the other four? So Kyogo became only the fifth non-European To score in a League Cup final this century Can you name the other four? Emilio Izaguiri? No Who? Vaduka Viduka? No um, Chaduri No More obvious than I mean One of them I would say is obvious And then the other three are Sorry Alex Edu No uh, Rainer Rainer no. no Now you've just named me Celtic players Non-European Celtic players And you've gone for Izagiri for instance uh -huh. And Chaduri There is a much more obvious 
Non-European Celtic player Who may have scored In a League Cup final Recently Right um, Tommy Rogic Yes There we go Tommy oh, yes, Is he Tommy to you now? Listen, Since Ange has changed he, it If he's Tommy to Ange He's been Tom for about the last eight years But now he's, he's Tommy now okay. I'm, I'm simply right. following I'm, the manager's example I don't judge uh, Tommy Rogic for Celtic I'll leave it there Because you've now only got three to get And quite frankly Good luck in, in getting them <laughs> This is good Alec <laughs> it's a carry on isn't it There is a Rangers one in there That'll give you that much at the moment But they are very very tough If you think you can handle it Send me a tweet with the answers And as always we're looking for you to submit the questions That's the beauty of the full time teaser Full time at Clyde1.com This one's sent from Lewis in Straven So thank you to Lewis for sending it in Right let's go back to the phones Andy is a Rangers fan in Bears Den. What's on your mind as a Rangers fan tonight, Andy? Uh, thanks for having me on. No How you doing, Pano? He's all right? Good, good thank yeah. you. Good. Yeah, good, thanks. Good, good. Um, well, first off, actually, that's a good uh, full-time teaser. I'm scratching my head. I can't even think of... Uh, and, and if you do keep it to yourself, Andy, these two don't need any help. Well, they, they do need help, but I just won't let them have it. Um, yeah, I, was, I wasn't actually going to phone tonight Because I thought, you know what, Celtic just won the League Cup It's their night, I'll let them all phone in and make their points But it was the Rangers fan that phoned in Who thought that if Gerrard had been in the dugout in the semi-final That we would have beat, you know, that we would have smashed uh, Hibs mm-hmm. somehow I don't think so, I think that teams were starting to I think the reason why we've not been doing as We weren't doing as great at the beginning of the season Was because teams were starting to figure out how we played And they were starting to just kind of see things before they happened, and I think that where it'll go, where we'll, we'll see whether Giovanni Van Bronckhorst changes are, are really, really have made an impact is when we play them on the second, and then when the Scottish Cup comes round. I think that maybe like, it was a, I don't think he could have actually been in the dugout, but it was probably a wise decision not to get in the dugout for that game against Hibs because. He wouldn't have had enough time to get his message across, even if he had the chance to, because it's it's a lot of changes to a lot. Of, you know, you know that if you've got a certain style of play, it's a lot of mm. uh, you've got to get into the players' minds for one game um, without without actually seeing them training and without being able to be on the training pitch with them. So, so I think that I, I disagree with that guy, and uh, I think yeah, the second will really show us where. Where we're going to be, well, how things are going to be headed. But as I said before, I think January's window is going to be crucial. So we'll we'll see how the second goes, and then how things pan out on the on the next old firm and the games in between them. Yeah, it's Hugh. It's going to be quite something because we're not that far away. We usually would start the build up to that fixture, you know, yeah. weeks in advance. It's just the strange thing about it is Celtic Celtic play three times before then, you know. Two away at St Mirren and St Johnson Then at home to Hibs We don't know what the injury situation will look like But if it were to be tomorrow It would be, you know Bring it on from both sides yeah, that, yeah. That, That's the way for us on the outside that, that you like it Because they both feel pretty good about themselves And yeah, Andy's right We, we will see what happens A cup win ups the ante It allows the Celtic supporters to come on and say Angie's won his first trophy It'll be plain sailing all the way from here on in uh, And it allows the Rangers fans to say uh, Never mind that You know we, We've got better players And we'll do this and we'll do that Just that the, the, the first trophy of the season Going to Celtic is quite remarkable For Ange Postacoglu uh, 
The fact that Rangers went out to Hibs in the semi-final was a, a bad blow to the Rangers supporters. Uh, so one is high as a kite, the other's licking their wounds, and both are promising that all manner of things will happen on the 2nd of January. We shall see. Andy's right, Alex. The, you know, I think the work permit dictated that, that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst couldn't have taken the, the, the Hibs game anyway. Um, it feels like every single game since then We've really seen a, a fair bit of his stamp on things Was that the first time at the weekend then That, that we perhaps just, you know, didn't see that quite as much? Yeah, as, I think over the course of uh, Giovanni's time here Gordon, you've actually seen a nice brand defensively Well the one thing we can say about it is Defensively it's very much improved I think as one goal in the six league games mm. uh, conceded Which is a terrific turnaround when you consider they were losing that first goal on a regular basis. Middle to front, they just didn't have the fluidity as they have done in recent games. Uh, and it, it, it really got bogged down, Gordon. And uh, so from that perspective, I think I don't think it helps anyone when people come on and go, you know, if so-and-so was in that dugout or I saw these hypotheticals, if Steven Gerrard was still in it, it's gone now. They've lost that, that, that semi-final. And it's about the here and now and how they progress going forward because there's some really big games coming up. I think everyone's looking looking forward to the, the January the 2nd and people will say the yardstick will be gauged to then. The important thing for both clubs is, Gordon, that they actually get maximum points between now and January 2nd. That way then it doesn't put any added pressure going into the, the 2nd of January because if you lose more ground with an old firm game round the corner, it just adds that little bit more pressure. Uh, you know, and, and one of the things I said earlier on, Gordon, about you know uh, getting players tied down at the right time and trying to generate us, I actually said uh, that Glenn Kamara still to sign a contract. He did sign an extension. I was actually thinking more about uh, Morelos and Aribo. If they, one of these two guys could actually sign something just leading up to them, it just gives the one a, a nice little boost uh, that one of the key players have signed on for a longer period. Uh, so that may well be something in uh, Rangers thinking going forward. Uh, yeah, and, and Andy says the January window will be important. Those three players from Japan, pretty set on um, them arriving. I think that will that will obviously happen. Um, Andy, from a Rangers perspective, does it once again become about keeping the best players, as we've seen for numerous windows, or would you expect Giovanni Van Bronckhorst just to want to put his own stamp on on, on something and, and bring someone in that he has played a key part in identifying? I think so. I think that holding on to the players is important. But then again, if you can get a good amount of money in for, if you're not losing many, if you're only losing one, and you're able to bring in two or three players that that he's already he already knows or he's already been watching, and he knows how they're going to play and how they're going to fit into his system, then I think that that's I think that would be more important. I don't I don't I don't think losing one player would be too bad. I think it's if you lose about maybe. Two, three, even four—that would be that would be kind of catastrophic. But just to just to get back on the the game with mm-hmm. Rangers against Dundee United, it was—I think the the problem was in the first half there was far too much experimentation. I think he, he tried a, a few things that just didn't work, and they went into the game with the wrong game plan. And and it's when he, he switched things up, and at halftime after speaking to them, they came they came back out and, and played played some good football. Wasn't the greatest, but we managed to to get the win, which is which is the most important thing. But but yeah, I don't I don't think if there's one player who can bring in like two or three, um, you know, maybe even just two for one, that'd be good. I'm glad you you raised that point, Andy, because I had momentarily forgotten about it. What about that at the weekend? 
Alex, I've been dining out on this for a few days because I told Roger Hanna I just had a wee feeling that Tavernier would play centre-back and Bassey would play left-back and Nathan Patterson would play right-back and you can imagine my delight when I was proven to be correct only for it to last about four minutes and then, and then it got changed. Why? What did you read into that? Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure, Gordon. I think uh, he probably looked and thought that maybe Dundee United would have played one up top uh, and it may well have freed up uh, the players down the down the flanks. But it didn't quite work that way, Gordon. And he identified right away and he thought, listen, we're going to revert back to our original plan uh, because it's not the game hasn't kind of... And I know it's only four minutes in, but you know, you're looking at the opposition, you're thinking we probably don't need them there. Uh, I, I, listen, it's... It's difficult to say uh, what he's thinking was. There was a lot of rejigging uh, over the course of the game, Gordon. And I, I'll be honest with you, I think the, the key one for me was Lundstrom uh, at half-time because uh, by actually getting Kamara in that base, I just think everything speeds up. You know, the, the tempo of the play, it recycles the ball a lot quicker. Uh, and uh, listen, I think, you know, it's obviously harsh on the boy because he obviously wants to play uh, as much football as he possibly can. But I just think when you can get these, particularly Ibrox Gordon, when you've got players who can shift that ball quickly, get it out to the wider guys. And I think one of the things you're actually seeing with Giovanni is, is the, he is wanting his guys to search the, the outside quite uh, quite the thing. Scott Wright came on and his first thing he did was he just boomed past the, the, the full-back several times. Ryan Kent's doing it off the left-hand side and he's actually searching the byline a lot more than he ever did under yep. Stephen Gerrard because the idea was you were being inverted, come inside and free up... Uh, Borna Barisic or, or Bassi on the outside so for, for me uh, you, you are seeing what he's looking to do I think you'll probably see it a lot more simplified over the coming weeks because the four-two-three-one what's a treat but the key thing for that is gone mm. you've got to have the personnel available and they didn't quite have that at the weekend due to one or two injuries Top man Andy it was nice to speak to you hopefully we will do it again soon let's bring in another Hugh uh, this one's a Motherwell fan on the line and happy I would imagine after Another victory at the weekend, Hugh? Yeah, definitely. Good evening, guys. Hope you're all well. Thank you. Um, yeah, as I was saying, obviously, seeing producer earlier on then, I think um, we're, apart from really the disappointing result against Rangers, um, I think obviously Alexander's, uh, Graham Alexander's learned by that, but he did come out and admit that he got a few things wrong. I think the team's playing really well. It was great to see Cornelius getting another start again. I thought he had a good game against Hibs, should have scored, and I think he realised that. But he turned out what a finish on um, on Saturday, a crank finish. It's good to see Van Veen back on the score sheet as well. I think that's where he's been needing a goal added to his game. Um, and obviously the situation hanging under is with Tony Watt, which I don't begrudge him a move. Um, and I think a lot of Mullow fans will feel exactly the same. I just think we're doing things the proper way now. Uh, how we should have been doing it a few years ago under uh, Steve Robinson, who just I think just lost his way with us. And but it's good to see Graham Alexander actually getting uh, manager of the month again. Um, and again, we're sailing under the radar, which is actually good for us. So I just want to see what the panel think about that, and obviously the Tony Watt situation. Alex. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, listen. There's always going to be uh, people coming in. Tony Watt's the top goal scorer in the SPFL. Uh, he's he's at a decent age where he could probably secure more money. And listen, it's it's a short career, and he's maybe going to pursue that uh, that option. Uh, having seen him grow into a motherwell jersey over recent years, and the the relationship he has with all the guys, he will continue to uh, 
flourish between now and the summer. He doesn't strike me as if he's going to down tools. I like the fact that Van Veen, I said for day one, Gordon, when I texted you, I thought, I like this guy. And I actually, it, 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 it touches on, uh, you know, young Cornelius. Gordon, I think that's a brilliant story. You know, see when you've got a young guy who's come through the system, he knows the club inside out, his, his parents are uh, big fans of the club as well, and they actually get the opportunity to see it. I thought he spoke very well after afterwards, and I agree that Graham Alexander's doing a really good job. Uh, they're in some really good form at the moment, Gordon, and rightly he has won manager a month because it is not a, a it's not an easy job. Uh, at, at clubs like Motherwell, the amount of players they recycle every summer, you know, and you've uh, the great thing about it is if they have a crop of young boys who constantly keep coming through the the system there, and and when that happens, you know, there's an identity with the club, you know, fan owned. I, I really like the way they go about their business. Yeah, I mean, Hugh, I think it's 13 points picked up since the start of November. Um, you know, wins against Aberdeen, Aberdeen and Hearts, Dundee United and St Johnston with it. Yeah, obviously a couple of disappointments in there as well. But um, sitting in fourth, sitting, I was going to say comfortably in fourth, that's not the case at all. But Hearts keep winning as well, which is um, obviously making them tough to catch. But doing well at the moment, Graham Alexander's side. Yeah, you simply do it by the numbers. They are fourth. They are above Dundee United, Hibs, and Aberdeen. Uh, that yeah. budget-wise, that shouldn't happen, but they are. Uh, and it's to Graham Alexander's great credit, uh, and the fact that he's unearthing uh, young players like Dean Cornelius, uh, and they are welcome in his team. Uh, the weekend was very positive from that perspective with Dean Cornelius at Motherwell. The teenagers of Dundee United who did well at Ibrox. Uh, I sometimes think that we've got a problem with players who are either too young or too old in the eyes of managers. Uh, you know, the age, it really is just a number. If you're able to do it, by all means, come in. And it's a good weekend for the young element within Scottish football. Hugh, I'll have to leave it there, I'm afraid. I didn't realise how late I was running. My humble apologies. Hopefully we'll speak again soon. Uh, that was Hugh happy about Motherwell's win at the weekend. Quickly on this teaser, we're looking for four other non-Europeans apart from Kyogo to score in a League Cup final this century. You've got Tom Rogic anymore? Uh, Scott McDonald? No. Key Song Young? No. Alex? Kanija? Yes, that's the Rangers one. Well done. Needless to say, the other two are brutal. Did he again? No I'll give mm. you some thinking time And we'll get the rest of the answers And we're going to hear From the new Hibs manager Sean Maloney Former Celtic player Two spells Former Scotland international Former assistant manager Of the Belgian national side And he's now in charge at Hibs He had some interesting things to say And we'll hear them next Hugh Merry Christmas From Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final parts of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here You can still get in touch, plenty of time We're about to hear from Sean Maloney uh, It'll be interesting to hear his first thoughts As the new Hibs manager I'm giving you this teaser And it's Kyogo became the fifth non-European to score In a League Cup final this century Name the other four uh, You've got Tom Rogic, Claudio Canidia Um Chris Bennett is on Remember Chris is the The Olympic hammer thrower Remember we discussed ah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's going to try and yes. Convince Gordon DL To go and uh, Learn uh, the uh, Learn the ways He's sent in One that you're still looking for I'll, I'll start helping you out He has got Mark De Vries 
And someone else Mikey I think also sent Mark De Vries That is wrong uh, John O'Connor has gone for Jean-Joel Perry Dumby right. That is wrong as well Scottish Cup final goal he scored I mean I think Mark De Vries is, is Dutch Yes he is um, Yeah so um, One right. is a Samirin player Yes one. He, he scored against Hearts when they won the League Cup that under is, Danny Lennon That is correct But for the life of me Ali I cannot get his name um. <laughs> I can't think either What about Key? No I tried no. that one One is a St Mirren player One is a Hibs player uh, this, These are tough They are They're really tough uh, What, what decade are we going back? So the Hibs went Well now you're asking me off, Hibs would have been 07 was that They, they beat Kilmarnock 5-1 I think in the final Right hmm. And here's right The other one A St Mirren scorer Against Hearts. Okay, I'll leave that. Might, like, we'll see how we get on. Let's hear from Sean Maloney. Um, been looking forward uh, to this. It, I think everyone knew that was going to be the appointment. It's taken a bit. Well, it's not that it's taken longer than people thought, but you know, he was perhaps waiting to get the game at the weekend out of the way. So let's hear what he had to say on a couple of topics. Uh, first of all, um, on well, you know, the, the decision to, to come here. I think I, I can't look too far in terms of I, I have a game Wednesday. Um, we are where we are. We're obviously seventh at the moment. We have to try and push, I think, this season and in the coming weeks and months to try and get in that top four. I think that's probably secondary to obviously what the game comes Wednesday and, and up until the January break. But I think this season we have to push for that. And then once we are in there, we obviously have to try and push for higher. Um, I think the long term, we have, to, we have to look to try and stay and sustain those positions. And hopefully then that will bring a European football to the club. But I think that has to be a, a sort of stage-by-stage stage process. I think the style will come in terms of that. The style is, is something that I see is just the best way to win a game while giving the team, uh, sorry, while giving the support something that they can be proud of. Now, how long that takes, uh, I hope it's as quick as possible. Um, at the moment, I'm trying to give the players as much information and get them in a place where they can really look to enjoy the game on Wednesday. And of course, he leaves high-profile surroundings having worked with the Belgian national side. Incredibly hard. Um, First off, for the for the head coach there, Roberto, um, the connection I had with him was very strong, and I'll be forever grateful for one the first opportunity to work with him, and also the man he's been in the last week. So he's the man I know he was, and he's been incredibly uh, supportive in this period in, in this period in the last week. So um, very difficult. I'll miss the players greatly, but I'm uh, I'm going to be their biggest fan now. I've, I really hope they can do great things in Qatar. What do you make of that now that the appointment is sealed, Hugh Keevans? Well, you'd have to be intrigued by it um, because Sean Maloney has worked with the best, always worked with the best from the time he worked as a player, as a young player with uh, Martin O'Neill at Celtic, uh, right up to the present day with Roberto Martinez. Um, it's a terrific start for him. First season manager against Stephen Glass on Wednesday night, another first season manager. Then he goes to Dundee United on Sunday. Another first season manager, Tam Courts. Uh, interesting times for Scottish football. Um, again, you look at Sean and what he achieved in the game as a player, what he's done as a coach. I, I can't imagine that Roberto Martinez would have had this man beside him for years at the side ranked number one in the world rankings uh, if he didn't have something very good to offer. So I think it's a first class appointment by Hibernian. I really was I was enjoying your comparison Someone will pull you up When the Stephen Glass came in Just at the end of last season But I think the point still stands I won't um, rain on your parade too much um, Alex 
if you can get a tune out of De Bruyne and Lukaku, is it the same with Gogic and Deutsch? Oh, listen, I'll be fascinated to see how it plays. I want to wish him well, Gordon. It's a, it's a really good job to get. Uh, you know, he's obviously been sold uh, an idea by the, the owner and the chief executive. Um, he obviously wanted to play the game in the right way. You would imagine, you know, middle to front, I feel as if, you know, they're very good uh, to watch Hibs. Clearly at the back, you know, they, they are not quite hit the ground running in that department, that's for sure, because they're shipping too many goals, the form this year. Uh, and it's just about trying to get them in a place where, you know, you can win games, Gordon. It's OK having a expansive, lovely uh, brand of football, but you have to have a, a winning brand as well. Uh, and it'll be good because you're absolutely right. You've still got to go there and work with guys like Gogic, who are honest as the day's long. Uh, you've got to get a tune out of guys like Scott Allen. You've got to man-manage these guys. You've got to manage the group, which is slightly different to being a coach, Gordon, because when you've got all these superstars, you don't really need a great deal of detail because they're at such an elite level. Uh, this will be a totally different proposition. And, and, you know, as I said, I wish them well. Our old pal Gary Caldwell goes in with him though, Hugh. Uh, knows the club, knows Scottish football. And uh, it'll be interesting to see because we shouldn't overlook that nowadays especially. It's, it's so important. Look at everyone used to always talk about Michael Beale and the impact he had at, at Rangers and so on. So the, the, the collective there is going to be vital. Well, I, I didn't realise there was such a close uh, relationship between Gary Caldwell and Sean Maloney, I have to say, um, given where Sean's been for the last few years. But Sean Maloney, like every other manager, it won't matter as of Wednesday night, it won't matter about the Roberto Martinez connection or what he's achieved as an FA Cup winner at Wigan or a serial winner at Celtic under Martin O'Neill. None of that will matter. He's now in the results-driven business with a hib side who have lost a manager because they couldn't win res- good results. Surely the one thing that is a guarantee, Alex, and like I said, th- th- I'm not saying this translates and it means that you're automatically a success with Hibs, but he's come from an environment which will have had the absolute highest possible standards with everybody doing things the right way, leaving no stone unturned. So that, that, that must be of, of some benefit, surely. Yeah, Gordon, he will, as I said, I said earlier on he was a student of the game. I would be really uh, surprised if he doesn't have the the, the training techniques uh, down to a T. He will have analysis down to a T. He'll be looking to try and get, uh, you know, a recruitment uh, situation in place that's kind of... Uh, relevant to what Hibs are trying to do, he will be attuned to what the the next generation. Because the one thing, the one thing about the Belgians, I've said this many many times, they have a conveyor belt of kids coming through. So, if you're a manager of a football club, you would like to see that conveyor belt. And Hibs have obviously been very good over the years about you know young boy uh, as well coming through that. So you want to try and get a conveyor belt of young kids to buy into your ideas and have an ethos running through your football club. So, but as I said, I think it's a really fascinating one. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he, he handles it all because the one thing we can do, he's very calm, he's very well-spoken uh, and his message will be very concise, I'm sure. Uh, but as I said, it's interesting to see how you have to put all that together and try and win football matches, uh, which is a totally different proposition. And I think that's a fascinating thing about it. He's got a, Gary Caldwell, who's got a bit of experience behind him as well in the coaching world. So, you know, it's two young guys trying to find their way uh, into the management situation. And, and you know, he, he, Jack Ross gets sacked, having got uh, the team to a final, done relatively well over the course of uh, his tenure at Hibs. 
I think they're looking for something to try and take them a wee bit more, uh, uh, winning silverware, uh, silverware uh, and maybe trying to get a, a run in Europe, that type of thing. And they see this guy as a guy to do that. And Sir David Gray, as they call him, Hugh, he stays along with Craig Sampson, so you've got that level of continuity because it's not like Hibbs had to rip everything up. I know Jack Ross has left, but the, the, the players really liked him and, and they felt that maybe the change wasn't necessary. So there's still that... That bridge between the two eras if you like I'm glad that David Gray has been uh, Made first team coach He deserves that much He is Hibs through and through And the players respond to him Uh, In the short term Sean Maloney will need that connection Between David Gray And the players in that dressing room While he, Sean Maloney Gets across his ideas So as I say, it's intriguing Um, The Hibs supporters should be Excited by the prospect But Results Mean Everything You two Need results On this full time teaser I did say it was tough I I give you My sympathy Kyogo became Only the fifth Non-European to score In a League Cup Final uh, This century Can you name the four Who went before him You've got Rogic And Kanija I told you the other two Are non-Old firm In fact one is St Mirren And one is Hibs no, I, I, does does the Hibs one start with a B? Does his name start with a B, Gordon? Yes, yes, it does. Is it is it Ben Benaramer or something? Uh, did he go to Middlesbrough? The wee guy went to Middlesbrough. No, I think you are confusing. You, I think you have merged the two. You've merged two people there, and I actually know which two. And it's one of them, and it does begin with a B. He's Moroccan. Yes. Yes. You're thinking okay. of you're thinking of Zamama, aren't you? Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, it's the other one. It's uh, Ben- <laughs> That's a cough syrup, I think. Benelun. Uh Benji Loon. Sorry, I'm just having a drink in him. Benji Loon, I wasn't far off. Benji, there we go. And the St. Mirren one, Hugh? Benji. No, nah, give me the initials. Nah, I won't help you, I don't think. Is Melgon Calvez? Oh. No. Never. Never. Alright, thanks, Alex Ray. Hopefully you're free soon. Pleasure. Oh, I'll be back in business soon. Don't worry about yeah, that. I don't doubt that. Thank you, Hugh Keevens. You're always back in business. Uh, thanks to you lot. A very busy show. Back tomorrow. Uh, from 6 o'clock and Callum Gallagher is up next.